Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. A great day in the middle of the summer to talk about something that I love the very most. I love this season because we are talking about a random smattering of things I care about. And today we're going to talk about something. I don't want you to turn it off. Do not think you don't need this. In fact, if you want to turn it off when I say this word, I want you to not do it, especially you. Because I pray that today you will fall in love with this word if you aren't already. I am in love with this word. The word is theology. We are going to talk about how we think about God. And it is a passion of mine. And I'm going to be joined by two friends that love it as well, that that have written a book about it. In fact, JT English is a pastor out of Colorado, but originally was at the village in Dallas. And we have a lot of mutual friends. And then Jen is a friend, Jen Wilkin. Many of you know her and have done her Bible studies. And so I'm so excited you guys are here. Thanks so much for coming on. And, and I am so excited about this book because... I remember being in seminary and crying many times in the back of the class because I could not believe I had never learned these things. And I remember just feeling in my bones that as long as I would live, I would give these things away because it shapes everything about our life, right? So I got to read a a lot of your book this morning, actually, and I just loved both of your stories. So why don't we start there as far as what made you fall in love with theology. Jen, we'll start with you. Yeah. um, Well, and you and I, Jenny, have talked about this some at various points. I was just a practitioner in the local church. And I don't mean just, obviously that's really important to be. And that is what I would imagine most of our listeners are as they're serving in some capacity in the local church. But I knew that I didn't have the tools that I needed to be able to do the work well. And I didn't have a lot of access points. Like for me, with just the way that the timing of my um, children coming and uh, and uh, and just our, our financial situation, I never really had access to the option of, of a seminary education. And so I had to cobble together what I could learn about theology um, kind of on an as-needed basis, just as I was doing the work of teaching Bible studies or um, leading seventh grade girls Sunday school in the local church. Um, And so my husband became my dialogue partner around a ton of that. And between the two of us, we sort of um, fumbled our way forward and then eventually was able to start working with JT at the village. uh, And we partnered in doing this together for for the local church. And so part of the joy in this for me is just, it's it's like what you said, I want to give this away. I do remember that feeling of how have I been a Christian this long? And no one has told me that this historic understanding of the faith is out there mm. and that it's much bigger and deeper than I was ever um, taught to believe. And so getting to partner with JT and bringing that into the local church context has been an absolute joy. So JT, talk a little bit about your story. Yeah. I mean, Jen and I are like such close friends, but our stories are so different. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up with an understanding of God or scripture. When we kind of make jokes about like 
felt bored, you know, Sunday school classes. I'm like, I don't know what that was. I did. I grew up playing <laughs> basketball and baseball. And, you know, uh, so when I showed up at Colorado State University for my freshman year, the Lord saved me. I spent a lot of time in some nonprofit kind of parachurch ministries that were amazing and I was thankful for, but I realized I didn't know my Bible very well. I didn't know how to think about God properly or rightly. And so I went to my pastor at the time and said, and he's a wonderful man, wonderful pastor. I said, I, I really was trying to express a desire to grow. And he said, in order to grow, you need to go to seminary. And for me, I didn't even know what seminary was. I'd never heard of that word. I didn't know this yeah. existed. Like that's how <laughs> far out of kind of the evangelical subculture I was. So I started Googling and looking them up and uh, I ended up at Dallas Seminary. And Jenny, like you described, had a very similar experience sitting in those classrooms. I felt so intimidated. I felt out of place. And all of a sudden I realized the riches that I was being given yes. to know and love God well was just like, how can I not give these things away? And a, a realization in those classes that uh, this would bring life to so many Christians. It would invigorate the life of local churches and home groups and Bible studies. And so uh, really yeah. since those days when I had, I, I was given a gift in those classrooms, I've decided, man, I want to find ways that I can in the context of local churches or conversations to help people know and love God well. Well, before seminary, before that found its way into my life, I remember wanting to know things. And so I picked up a book by Wayne Grudem that was Systematic Theology. And it's, you know, <laughs> it's it's a it's a heavy book. I mean, it is a yeah. thick thick thousands of pages book. And I read that thing cover to cover more than once because I just wanted to know. I wanted to understand God. And same as you, Jen, I was teaching my Bible and it scared me that I was going to, mm -hmm. that I was going to teach it wrongly. And so I just was trying to drink it in as much as I could. And I realized as I was doing that, that there were so many ways it was impacting my life. And what I want y'all to hear is this is a way simpler book than that Wayne Grudem Systematic Theology, certainly lighter weight. And what y'all did was so smart because it was just the really high level things everyone needs to know about God. And I could not believe the statistics of what you all researched when it came to the things we believe wrongly about God, right? I know that had to be a part of the motivation, but I want you to first talk about like the person that's never going to necessarily teach or have the gift of teaching in their mind, why do they need this? I think I'll, I'll jump in. I mean, the, the basic idea of the book is that you are a theologian. Again, that that can be a scary word. It can feel like a maybe an academic word. But the basic idea is, is every single person that's ever been born, ever has been or will be, has thoughts about God, beliefs about God either right affections or wrong affections about who God is and what he has done. And so the question isn't, are you one? Really what we try to outline in the beginning part of the book is that you are one. So be a good one. God has made himself yes. known in scripture. He's made himself known in Christ. And so we have the opportunity to know and love God well. And, and what you highlighted there, Jenny, and, and, and Jen is so passionate about when it comes to Bible literacy, is there's so many, not just in the outside the church, but in the church that don't. And so we really felt like, I, I had a similar experience, Jenny. I actually took Wayne Grudem's systematic theology on my honeymoon, uh, if that tells you how much of a nerd I am. And I was like, yeah, and my wife was like, put that away. Don't read that. Yeah. But it is. So like, I think about my mom who's come to faith recently or my stepdad, they're, they're just not the kind of people who are going to pick up a 400, 500 page book with more footnotes than our book has pages. 
And right. so we just thought, man, we want to make this like we really want to not just say you are a theologian. We want to show everybody that you can do this. This is the kind of book that we wanted to put in the hands of just everyday Christians who've never thought of themselves this way and say, you really can know God in deeper ways, which is also going to mean you're going to love him in deeper ways. I think also we're, we've seen a real pattern among discipleship over the last 20 or 30 years that's more therapeutic than formational. Mm-hmm. We've gotten to a place where people want to have deep feelings for God, but they don't know how to think deeply about God. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see it like in some of the statistics that we pulled in the book, um, when you ask evangelicals um, if God learns and adapts to different circumstances, 48% would agree, you know, but the Bible is clear that that's not something that's true about God. Um, Everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. 65% of evangelicals would agree. These are basic doctrines of the Christian faith. And so we feel a sense of urgency around this simply under the call that is given to every believer to pass the good deposit from one generation to the next. How do we pass the good deposit that was given to us if we can't articulate it, if we can't even learn to love it? Because we've not even been exposed to it. Mm. I want to talk a little bit about, this is maybe a little bit of a curveball, but there's some theology you didn't put in the book. And I think <laughs> it was intentional. I, I read that you you wanted to stay simple and kind of stick to the, let's talk about some of the things you knew, okay, maybe that y'all didn't even agree on, or you thought, I don't know that this is helpful. Talk a little bit about what got left out. Yeah. Well, a lot of what got left out is secondary issues. JT, you want to talk about some of them? Oh, yeah. I'm just thrilled. Just I'm going to jump right in head first. One of the things, Jenny, is I think one of the reasons people are scared of theology is most of the theology they know is the theology that divides Christians among Christians. That's right. Uh, And so like, you know, 50 years ago, it made sense to have First Presbyterian and First Baptist and First Methodist because there was kind of a cultural Christianity that we existed in. And so Christians were able to kind of distinguish themselves among themselves. And one of the things that I think we're beginning to realize and see as churches is that in an increasingly post-Christian secularizing world, there's so much that unites Christians that Christians haven't been taught. Yes. And so we thought, let's highlight the things that Love we it. agree on. Or, or another way to say it is for a long time, churches have been putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. And it's like, okay, yeah, baptism, we need to talk about that. Communion practices, we need to talk about that on all kinds of other topics. But we just said, man, we, we want to make sure that Christians over all times, in all places, are agreeing on the things that we know to be true about God. And then let's have charitable, loving, brotherly, sisterly conversations around the things we disagree about, but let's not let it divide us. Yeah, I love that so much because I, I was looking for, you know, I was I was reading the book and looking for what's the hot topics. And I was like, they did a good job of just any, honestly, any Orthodox Christian could read this and they would find truth and gold in it for them. And I love the heart behind that because, of course, everybody's curious about the hot topics and the secondary issues. Everybody loves division. I am the opposite. Mm-hmm. I love unity. So I absolutely love your answer. And I and I agree with you. I think there's so much we do all agree on. Let's talk about some of those topics. What was the most fun thing for each of you to write about? Well, JT and I each have our areas of particular interest. And so for me, writing on the attributes of God is the thing that I love to talk about the most. And so it was a fun uh, portion of the book to write on. Uh, we tried to play to our strengths, you know, in, in the actual generation of the content, because if you love something, you're obviously going to write about it with a little more energy than if you're just trying to get through the content. So I always defer to JT on matters related to the Trinity. Um, But in this case, you know, JT's a PhD educated theologian. And so um, there were a lot of passages in the book that I was like, 
hey, JT, is this yeah. right? Hey, did we say sure. the dog? I'm That's still here. Handy. I am, you know, like, yeah. Uh, what did I, I got Burkhoff's systematic theology as a 30 year uh, birthday present from my husband. And so here I am 24 years later, still um, so thankful that I have a, a phone a friend option when it comes to a right. theology question. Sure. Um, so uh, yeah, JT wrote on, you know, the Trinity and then uh, all of the questions around like uh, the doctrine of salvation. Uh, it mm. was really, I was telling him as I was going through and editing, um, I was learning, which has been the, I think the nature of our relationship um, in being colleagues is just learning from each other, even during the process of trying to train others. I think we could say he- heavy editing there, Jen. I mean, there was a heavy <laughs> editing process. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, she she did the thing that was hard for me, Jenny, in the, in the whole process is I've written at an academic level, but we really wanted to make this accessible, accessible. to literally every single eighth grade reading level. My favorite chapter was the chapter that I was least, I thought was going to be least exciting for me. And it's where is everything going? Or in theology, we'd call that yes. end times. Like what's history yeah. pointing towards? I was like, I don't know how to write this. This is ner- I'm nervous about this, but I think the, the end of the book ends on such a highlight of Jesus is King and he's coming back to make everything new and what a hope that all Christians have. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And there's revelation can be so overwhelming to people, but there are so many things that are just clear about it that, mm-hmm. that, you know, and that's, that's really helpful for people just to pull out a simple, simple exegesis of this is what we know. This is what is true. Mm-hmm. So right. I want to talk about, I do think there's something really powerful about male and female friendship and being able to write together a book. Talk Mm -hmm. about even just that choice and it feels a little bit rare and just how y'all decided to do this together. And then what was that process like? Yeah, I know there are a lot of collaborative books that are out there. And I know that sometimes authors are just paired up according to things that they have a shared interest in or affinity for. In our case, we're just actually friends who've been doing the work together for a long time. And I think you're right, Jenny. I think it is rare for there to be um, male-female friendships in the church that are yielding ministry fruit. And so, you know, JT and I are really committed to a vision of the church as the family of God. And um, when the church is a true family, then it has brothers and sisters, and it has fathers and mothers. And um, so I'm grateful to JT for how he has held the door for me on so many occasions to say, hey, here's someone who is a church mother. Um, Listen to what she has to say. But in addition to not just simply giving me a way to enter into that space, um, we just actually really like each other and enjoy right. doing ministry together. Like he's my brother. Um, luckily for me, he was an only child in in his biological family, so he was he was more than willing to to have a <laughs> have few a spiritual siblings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I have four earthly brothers, and um, the idea that I get to have this spiritual brother to do this good work with, we, we think this is the way it should look, and you don't see it enough. And so, um, I wouldn't say that we wake up in the morning going, "How can we prove a point to people." We know that we have a great working relationship and a deep friendship, and we're happy to show others that it's possible, and not only possible, but that that's what we're meant for. That's what the New Testament one and others are talking about. Yes. And I love it so much because, yes, I have that in my life everywhere, and I can't imagine life without it. And so I'm really grateful that 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 y'all wrote this together. I think that means a lot. And I think, too, hopefully it'll cross where men are reading women's words and women are reading men's words. I just think that is that is helpful as well, especially when we're talking about God, because I do think there are ways that we experience, we all experience God differently, right? Based on the way we were built. It doesn't change his attributes. It doesn't change who he is. It doesn't change him. But the way we experience him is different. 
And so talk about that, just how we all believe these truths, but there's freedom in the way we express that and the way that we actually live that out. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I, I maybe I experienced in seminary, so I got into college on probation. I'm like not academically oriented. And all of a sudden I began loving theology specifically because it helped me experience and interact with God in ways that might be a little bit different for somebody else. For me, it was opening the scriptures and reading and writing and having conversations, just even to go back a little bit to Jen's last point. Like this book is the fruit, not of like writing a book, but of ministry together. Mm-hmm. Like how many times have we knocked on each other's doors and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Or I need help with this or help me understand this. And even that, I think, is an answer to this question is like, that's how we experience God differently is in the context of community. I needed Jen as my sister, her experience with God and growing and loving and knowing him in deeper ways to help me know and love and grow in deeper ways. So we don't expect that every theologian needs to be an academic. That is not what this book is about. This is not inviting everybody on an academic journey. But it is inviting everybody on a journey to love God as whole people, as head, heart, soul, mind, and body. And so we want to invite people to say, some people experience God in reading a book on theology, like a Wayne Grudem or a Millard Erickson. Some people experience God through preaching, and they just get overwhelmed by a preacher's words and are so you know enraptured by the holy and just and loving God. And uh, other people might do it in the context of community. And what we're trying to say in this book is we all need each other in those experiences, not one experience. Yes can be elevated over another, but we need each other in, in the context of local churches or local communities so that we can learn from one another and we grow deeper in a love and knowledge of God. Well, it's kind of cool too that two of you wrote this because we share JT, a favorite seminary pr- professor, Glenn Kreider. He's been on before. Everybody yep. that has followed me for long knows about Dr. Kreider. But I remember, I mean, he used to say that all the time, like how never do theology outside of community because That's right. you go off the rails somewhere, right? We all yep. tend to make God in our own image. We we tend to want to believe something is true, so we believe it. Where he always, another line of his was embrace the tension of yes. some of these things <laughs> that are difficult to understand. Yeah. And so I do think it's so cool that y'all wrote it together because even just your different perspectives and all that will pull on that. So yeah, I want you to just real quick share with me what you hope happens because of this. What's your what's your dream? Yeah, we're hoping that conversations start just like you said, Jenny. Um, it's not meant to be done alone, and we're in a heavily individualistic culture, and so people can get wrapped up in that as it relates to their belief system. They think it's just me and my Bible and God, and the Holy Spirit is going to give me whatever I need. Um, but what their Bible says is that they're not built for that. They're built to be um, in communion with God and in community with each other. So we're hoping that this book is an entry point into good conversation. It's not exhaustive. It is definitely an introduction. So we're hoping that it will pique people's curiosity, that the beginning of that feeling that the three of us have all had of, wait a minute, how come I haven't ever heard this? Or how come I haven't gotten to really sit and think about this would be the result of their being introduced maybe to new ideas that are actually really old ideas and that then conversations will ensue from there. And I think, you know, um, to your point about JT and me writing this book, Jenny, you and I spend a lot of time in in what I affectionately call the pink ghetto, these all-female <laughs> spaces. Yeah. And I, I love the pink ghetto. I am not dogging on it. I think we need all-female spaces. But um, I think JT and I are hoping that some of these conversations would yes. cross from just pink spaces or blue spaces to being uh, also shared conversations. It's definitely a both and. You want spaces that are all one gender, but you also want spaces of shared dialogue as well, because we do. Uh, 
men and women inhabit the world differently, generally speaking. And so we need to learn from each other. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Last night, I put a little basketball hoop out for my son, Thomas. He's eight, and I got him a basketball hoop for his birthday. And he's been a little, I, I don't know why, he's such an aggressive kid, a little timid to play. And last night when I was putting him to bed, he was brushing his teeth and going to bed. And he said, Dad, I think I can do it. I think I can play basketball. And I was like, of course you can, buddy. You can do this. I believe it, you know. And I think that's like maybe a parallel for what we hope here is there's been so many people who maybe have been a little intimidated to enter into a theological dialogue or they don't see themselves as learners, but that's so essential to discipleship is I hope people listening to this or people who pick up the book, you're a theologian, will realize they'd have that moment. I can do this. I can I can actually pick this up. And we aren't expecting finished products who read the book and analyze it. We're expecting beginners, people who haven't felt invited to the conversation. And we would just say, hey, you're welcome. Come join us on the journey. Well, I love it. If y'all don't get this book, you're crazy. Here's why. It needs to just belong on your shelf. It's one of those kind of like Wayne Grudem for me. It just needs to be there and you can pull it off and remember. And I just think too, and I hope y'all do a kid's book. I think too, you just we teach this to our kids. Like this is just, we've got to give this away to our kids. And I, I'm so passionate about this. And I know y'all are taking those steps to put tools in people's hands to understand it. So thank you so much. And hopefully one day we're sharing some Tex-Mex and having deep talks about God soon. Absolutely. <laughs> we would love that. I know. Thanks for having us, Jenny. You bet. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, go find Jen Wilkin and JT English's new book, You Are a Theologian, an invitation to know and love God well. You can find it anywhere books are sold and connect with JT and with Jen on Instagram and on their websites. We'll make sure to link all of them in the show notes. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.